The fact that he's only been given a two-year deal tells me that he's going to have to hit the ground at at least a brisk walking pace, (laughs) if not running. to YE1 Spurs podcast, our first since England went so agonisingly close to winning the first ever European Championship. Sim and Peter are alongside me as ever, and I'll throw to them straight away about England. Guys, are you over it yet? Peter, how do you feel? Uh, I'm not totally over it at all. No, it's just, it was just one of those situations where I woke up on the, was it the Monday morning, and I just felt, Monday afternoon. I think the Monday was a very grey and depressing day anyway. Yeah. I'm still not I'm still not quite over it. I thought that it's a wasted opportunity. I'm a bit, bit half glass full about it. I know we got to a final but yeah. we, 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 we could have won that game. We could have won that game. And Sim, how do you feel? Obviously being at Talk Sport, how did you feel on the Monday going into work? How do you feel, Sim? Oh it just feels like we've not really had a chance to digest the actual game because I mean I don't know what what it's been like elsewhere, but like being within the media it's just all been it, the story was switched straight onto the fans inside the ground and the fans in central London and I feel like I think Peter made the point to me earlier in the week and maybe in the middle of the week as well I've not heard anyone talk about the actual game no and it's not it's been yeah just the positivity from you know beating Germany the quarterfinal the semi-final winning that it's just totally gone down it's the just, drain it just, just evaporated it's just yeah and it's like yeah it's just I mean, quite literally overnight. Really. And, and also, you say that also on your show. I saw a clip of uh, uh, Jim White and uh, Simon Jordan have a massive, great spat about uh, the fans this week. Oh. He was trending on Twitter, wasn't he, Jim White? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Simon was adamant that the media's overplaying it pretty yeah. much. Uh, so that's, that's his opinion on it. I mean, it happened. So you yeah. can't, you know, no one's, no one's over again anything, but it happened. It's, quite, opinion, it's anyway. quite frustrating to just have that as the narrative. Yeah. And, and nothing about the game because I want to dissect the game and I want people to talk about yeah. how what a missed opportunity overall that, just, that proud, just proud of them it was a good yeah, it was yeah. a great tournament it's brilliant it's yeah. great stuff um, so all in all an exciting summer for us England fans and hopefully it's recharged the batteries for another season of watching Tottenham this time under Nuno Espirito Santo appointed manager at the end of last month more than nine weeks after the sacking of Jose Mourinho well, with us today are two people who will know all about supporting a Nuno team because the three of us are joined by two fans of Wolverhampton Wanderers. This is the first time on YE1 we've had any anyone else who uh, doesn't support Spurs. So it it's a really great thing. So welcome to the podcast, Lee Price and his son, Billy Price. How are you guys? Good, thank you. Thank you very well. Thanks great, for the invite. Great to have you on here. I mean, I've, I've known you, Lee, possibly... 40 over 40 years and you know you're my only Wolves fan I know so this has been the perfect opportunity to get someone to come on to talk yeah. about um, Wolves and Nuno basically but first of all Billy can I ask you how you felt about England uh, after Sunday as you guys said I mean, it was really disappointing the whole thing I think we could have won that game and the fact we got to penalties and didn't win that game I mean Shockingly as well, we saved the Jorginho penalty. And I was thinking, I mean, when he stepped up, I thought it was done. But then when Pickford saved it, I thought, now we've got a chance. We just want to miss the next one. And it it just was disappointing overall. But, I mean, it's good hopes for the World Cup, but excited for the club football to return now. Yeah, Lee, how do you feel about it? Uh, obviously, being older than Billy, it's a case of, you know, as I say, seen it all before. Uh, I think the route we had was easier than most teams had. Uh, like you say, we had a God-given chance there to the best chance ever, really, to win a trophy. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, we just failed at the last hurdle. So, but hopes were never up that high. Although it was obviously great to get to the final was one big step. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, saying to the youngsters who I watched it with, like family and friends, etc., is all something in your back of the mind. You always feel you know what's coming with England. Uh, but I think this is a good stepping stone for perhaps the World Cup. Yeah. Some good experience for. Them. Totally agree, Lee. But also, just as a Wolves fan, I mean, a Wolves fan growing up in Essex, you were a bit of a, a novelty. But I just sort of want you just turned fifty recently, and I just sort of want to 
You had a massively, uh, massive, massive birthday present from your family. If you can just tell uh, our listeners what an incredible experience you had. Basically what it was, it was obviously uh, the night, I think the night of my birthday, I was actually watching Wolves Liverpool uh, on Sky and something came over the screen. They'd set up the video link and it was a mes- uh, message from, personal message, live video call from uh, the one and only Steve Ball, uh, wow. which was great. Very uh, bit tearful to be honest with you. I'm, you know, I'm not shying away from that. Yeah. And then uh, that's part of the present. The remainder of the present was obviously a trip down to Molyneux to meet the man himself at uh, the Mount Hotel with uh, both my sons and my brother. And then he drove us personally to the ground, took us out onto the pitch, etc., photos, etc. Uh, day I'll never forget. And you know, obviously he is my hero. And yeah, it was a perfect fitted birthday present. That's incredible. He actually drove you. He actually drove you there. Wow. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. Like, so we could have been anyone in that car. He didn't know us from Adam. We spent an hour at the at the Mount Hotel talking about England stories, Wolf stories. Uh, great guy. Spoke he spoke the truth. You know, he was so down to earth. And like I say, literally, we were obviously coming out the hotel. He was signing autographs because Wolves fans know that's where it's normally where the away team meet up. So they're also trying to get autographs. And then, but to get in his own like uh, personal BMW, put the music on, and then we're driving down the ground. People are letting him drive through the crowds at Molyneux. It was like royalty, really, which he is at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. That's that's incredible. That's like the equivalent of having uh, Martin Chivers uh, drive drive <laughs> me to the stadium. It's yeah. kind of a bit surreal. <laughs> but, but funny you say that, Lee. We had Mickey Hazard on the podcast recently, and. Uh, he, the Spurs um, legends, they do a similar thing where they come to your house with a birthday thing, but they definitely don't get driven to the ground. So uh, you should feel massively lucky there. I remember Bully as well. Uh, sort of swashbuckling centre forward as well. Great player. Yeah, he had a few England caps as well. Didn't he play for. Didn't he was only one of the first third division players to play for England? Is that right, Lee? It was Italian 90. He was actually in the squad and we were still. I think we just got promotion from the third division. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and he was on the bench. I think he made. I think he he played against. He played in third and fourth playoff, didn't he? Uh, yeah, and then he came on uh, when Platt scored against Belgium. He's actually the first one to jump on Platt's back when he scored that extra time I winner. Didn't so realize, no, yeah. I didn't realize he had actually made an appearance in the. In the yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. good stat. I like that. Good stat. Anyway, yeah. let, let's let's start. We digress a little bit. Let's get into this. So, as mentioned in the opener, Nuno Espirito Santo, we'll call him Nuno, is our new manager. But before we talk about him, what did the Spurs fans in the studio make of the managerial appointment process? Peter, can I come to you, the process? What do you sort of feel about the process? I thought uh, we looked a little bit like a laughing stock amongst um, the media and fans of other teams. Uh, the route that we took made it feel as though we're almost like whittling down people or we were being whittled down in the sense that started with uh, maybe Poch coming back, Brendan Rodgers, who made it clear he didn't want to, he, he didn't want the job. And then we had a situation where there was all that talk about Conte, and then, and then it's, it's, it, it, so it's kind of left me with a bit of an no disrespect to Wolves yeah. and their fans, but underwhelmed by disappointment in the sense that in a purely footballing sense, it feels like a backward step. That's it, just, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't excite me the way uh, that a Conte appointment would. Yeah. But maybe that's where we are as a club now. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. That's maybe where we are as a club. And no disrespect, like Billy, Billy and Lee, don't don't ever, you know, never disrespecting Wolves. That makes me sound a bit pompous towards yeah, Wolves. We, and I, and that's not intended at all, guys. Yeah. I just feel from where oh, we were. <laughs> Sim, where where do you? How do you sort of feel about the process and uh, the appointment? Well, I think I'm probably one of the few people who, okay, it was it was poor. It was, you know, from kind of that outside, other fans of other clubs looking in at us, it was it was quite laughable. Yeah. And you kind of, it did feel like people were turning us down, but, you know, not all of them were. I think the Pochettino thing could have had legs just if the contract situation was different. Yeah. Antonio Conte, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say he wasn't, he wasn't right for us. I say we weren't right for him. I just think it would have been too too combustible and too close to, to Jose as well. Um, even though I don't think that the Jose stuff was half as toxic as people make it out to be. Yeah. I don't think Conte was the right guy at that time. Yeah. But just the fact that it was like, you know, you had Everton, you had 
obviously Wolves, um, they secured their manager, Bruno Lager or Lage, however you pronounce it, a bit quicker than others. But, you know, Wolves were without a manager for a while. Everton only just appointed Benitez. Palace have only just appointed Vieira. We're in the middle of a tournament. No players are moving. So I, 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 part of me did think, you know, what's the rush like? Um, but I think the fact that we were publicly touting ourselves to so many managers, it, it was like, it was making us look a bit hapless. And I just kind of wonder like how Nuno might have felt um, when, you know, when he eventually got offered the job, knowing he was free the whole time. Yeah. Was he really like the eighth choice or were we just biding our time? I suppose we'll never know really. Yeah, we'll never know. Um, Bill, can I come to you? Um, obviously Wolves fans you know we've got you guys on because we don't really know that much about Nuno and we sort of want to get your insight but Bill why why do you think he left Wolves? I think it was due to the fact we had a we had a bad season I think it was time to let him go I mean I think the the term they used was mutual consent but I feel it was more towards a second really I mean after four good years you know I think we, we did kind of run out of steam in the end. Yes, we had injuries to, to Raul Jimenez and we sold Doherty and, and Jota at, at the worst times because we had so many goals taken out of the team all at once. But again, I just think the fans weren't... I think he was losing the fans a little bit, obviously, with the reception he got in the last game. You never see that for a manager these days. It's usually always toxic when, when someone's kicked out. But, you know, the fans overall love him and... We're going to remember the memories forever because it was. I think me and my dad will both agree it's probably the best Wolves team and the best manager we've had in our lifetime. Obviously, he's he's fifty, I'm twenty one, but I think it was it was time to go in the end. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really interested about the the Nuno departure from Wolves actually because and that, that last season as well because I mean the the start of not last season but the season before. It started in, I think, the end of July, didn't it? And then you played 59 games in, in all competitions, went out the Europa League in the quarterfinals. And then last season, they just looked tired from the beginning. You mentioned the players that were sold. And, I mean, Lee, do you think Nuno was to blame for the decline at all? Or was it just circumstance, really, do you think? Uh, in a certain way, yes. Nuno was always insistent on working with a small squad. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, yes, when you're successful, I know all the big teams mind about all the games they have to play, but if you want to be successful, you've got to play all these games. So coming to us, obviously we play championship games, we're used to playing 46 games a season anyway. But Europa League, like I said, the campaign, you know, it started early and went basically right through the whole season. And I think over the season, you know, certain players did deteriorate. Hence, you know, Jan Martino, his legs, his legs as far as I'm concerned were gone, uh, playing 50-odd games, uh, his age, etc., in a way, I feel that's why Dockett's performances weren't up to level uh, when he moved to Spurs. I know Spurs didn't rate the sign of Dockett, but I think the games he played the previous season, I think 70% of the Wolves were going through the same thing. And, you know, we could see it from Dockett's side of view. You know, there's a lot of energy lost during all them uh, fixtures, etc. It caught up them all. So, so I spoke, when you're winning games, you don't see it at the time. You know, you just keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. So, so Lee, Lee uh, on the basis of that, can you really say that it's the manager's fault then? You know, it's just like... It's yeah, so, yes, yeah, he, he did. He always said, even from day one when he came in, he likes to work with a small squad, 2022 20, players. He doesn't like players who are never going to get a look in. He doesn't like unhappy players on the training ground. Uh, Spurs have a big squad from what, you know, looking from the outside in. I can see a lot of departures going, fringe players, etc. He basically wants to work with everyone who's potentially going to be involved on a week-to-week basis whether it just be substitute or first-team players. He's always always works with a small squad. That's really interesting because, you know, we, we've talked on the podca- podcast before, Lee, about having a bloated squad. And yeah. possibly, Peter, Peter, how do you feel sort of about what Lee said there, like a small yeah, right, squad? Well, do you it, think we need that? Well, I don't know. If you, it's, it's just if you're going to have, like, 50-odd games and you're going to start a, a Europa League campaign, um, like, in, 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 like, July, August time, don't you don't you need to have uh, a big squad for that? You know, it's going to tell on you towards the end of the season, isn't it? We got we were very fortunate. I think uh, the first three seasons we had hardly any injuries whatsoever. You know, and we you know if they were they were out for two weeks, and obviously it seemed that the last season we had Jimenez now it's everything you seem to catch up with us. 
so we we got lucky, I think, in a way. And what and what would you say? You know, for, for me, you know, having not really watching Wolves that much, only sort of a couple of times a year when they play Spurs. But what, what sort of like shape does he sort of play, Bill? What, is, is he sort of keen on one formation, or is he quite fluid? With you know, would he change it for different games like Jose does? I mean, it will be tough to say for because as much as I don't want to admit it, Tottenham have a better squad than Wolves do. But without a doubt, it's, he favours the five at the back, three at the back. I mean, back in the Championship, it was more of a three at the back because we had more time on the ball, etc. But playing against the better teams, it was definitely more of a five. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Doherty definitely comes back in the team for Spurs because he did excel in that in that five at the back, a wing-back for us. But, and this season especially, with like my dad said, he's, the injuries forced him into a change. And when we tried to play a four at the back, our record for conceding goals was, was poor. But Bill, do you think he's like the, the type of coach who you know, is rigid in his formation? Or do you think he's, you know, he can, for us at Spurs, obviously you say you know, we've got not necessarily a better squad, but you know, we've got a lot of players. Do you think he can be fluid in changing formation? Or do you think he's just quite pragmatic and will stick with what he's got? I think if he can, he, he would like to stick. I think when he was at Valencia before us, when we first signed him, I'm on social media all the time, so I'm listening what all fans are saying. And Valencia fans will say he, he likes to stick with what it is. He's very... Stubborn. Yeah, stubborn is the word. But he, he has a system he wants to play and he will try and make that work as much as he can. Yeah. And when he's forced to it, it doesn't seem to work. I mean, it doesn't sound too different to what Jose has done, and he didn't, you know, get the best results from doing that. I just worry a little bit because, like, the, the Wolves, the like, I'm, I think Nuno's done a brilliant job at Wolves. Like, I mean, every single season, maybe by the one gone, um, although not again, not totally his fault, somewhat his fault. You guys are kind of concluded, but I mean, every season up to that had been improvement, nigh on, you know, from the expectations of Wolves from where Wolves have come from. It's like nigh on perfect how it how it went, but. I just won. I, I, I mean, the, the Wolves squad at that time was so hungry, and they were like, they were brilliant players, but they also, you know, they looked ready to play, and that caught up with them eventually. But like, I look at the Tottenham squads, and I just think, you know, are these guys hungry at all? They're, they're, they're guys who are, it's a mishmash of guys who are over the hill or not really have the best appetite for the game, like the likes of Dele Alli and stuff, who just don't seem like the best professionals at the end of the day. And I just, uh, is Nuno like from a fan's point of view first of all is he is he galvanising um, and then you know is that something that can rub off on the players and do you think you could turn around this group of Spurs players who are a little bit you know on the down on the downslide do you think I think the difference between when he comes to Wolves and when he's gone to Tottenham is he, he's built what he had at Wolves and what he's left at Wolves going to Tottenham is already something there so whether he's, he's going to get the uh, how can I say the respect from the players that were already there. I think there's a few more egos than there was at Wolves. Uh, he brought in a lot of young players at Wolves. So they, they some previously played under him. So they knew how he worked. Uh, and basically, you could see their respect to him from how they worked from on the pitch. With him going to Tottenham, you know, obviously Kane could possibly be going anyway. But, you know, other players there, more experienced. Uh, will they listen to Nuno? Will they take what he says, you know, into account, into games? I don't know. That's why I worry. I feel like, you know, I mean, players, did they force Jose out? You know, you know, if enough players want to get together, they will force a manager out. Of course. Nuno is, isn't as big as Jose is. And if things don't go right the first month of the season, he could struggle, I think. And that's just not with the fans, but just with the players. Yeah, I, I was thinking, um, the thing that I'm worrying about, and this is something that you touched on earlier, is maybe a lack of flexibility in his style of play. Like he's going to make that system work, whatever. That worries me the first straight away. So you need to be able to have some kind of in-game change. Uh, you need to react to situations, and if something's not working, I think you can't be stubborn about it. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, like, and did he, it immediately did he, worries me straight away. And, and and Bill, did he do it in games? Did he did he change systems in games, or was he pretty much you were always five three or three five two or five three two? Was he always pretty stubborn with that? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I think any changes he, he did make, they never... And if he ever changed the system mid-game, again, he kind of accepted the game was lost and it was like he was trying something a bit new. Mm. He, he wants to... Mm. I mean, the main thing with Nuno, he prioritises defending. 
he wants a clean sheet before he wants to go on. I mean, you might have heard it mm. even when we, for the two games we play here every season. But Ian, look at the, the firepower we've got on our team. I mean, let's let's hope that Harry Kane stays. I think he will because yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna gonna pay the money for him. Yeah. He's got Kane. He's got Son. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't. I, if we're gonna rebuild the defense, I don't really see us like forking out for more attacking players. But surely, you know, Ian, it's it's a it's a good start to fix that defense because that's a, clearly the weakest part of our team. Yeah, wait a minute. We, we had we just part of the company who was probably one of the most defensive, pragmatic kind of managers, and he, he couldn't. Keep a clean sheet to save. So he'll need save, new defenders to save his ass. He'll, he'll need new defenders, yeah. but maybe yeah. he knows how to work with one of them already. You know, Doherty had a quite a poor season. Maybe he knows how to work with him, and then you just need to hope that he gets back for other defenders because we clearly need. Can them. he make Sanchez? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 Can he make a silk purse out of a sales here with Sanchez? But um, uh, Lee, I just want to come back to you. Um, you know, he was, he's quite famed for having quite a big backroom team and his attention to detail apparently is legendary. Um, is that sort of something which was sort of thought about amongst the, the Wolves fans, that his attention to detail and his backroom team? Because I presume most of his backroom team has come with us. Yeah. You can't, uh, you can't knock his backroom team. It's one of his strengths. Uh, fitness team, everything about him. That's why I think he was so insistent. Whether he's managed to take that whole team to Spurs... Uh, they're very close knit, and they were, you know, that's why I say we were fortunate we didn't have injuries. And I put that all down to the backroom staff and how they worked. Uh, you listen to Nuno talk, say, when he first came to us when we was in the championship, his attention to detail was second to none. And obviously, you know, his English he speaks helps as well. You know, you get some foreign managers that he will, you know, even the way he, he uh, describes things, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and he's very, very positive in what he wants to achieve on the pitch. That's interesting. Um, I've, I've just got a stat here which um, it says he spent like uh, 303 million on transfers since becoming Wolves manager. Um, does that shock you guys? It does a bit actually, yeah. 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 I mean, did, did he spend that much really? 303, yeah. I mean, but I'm just sort of going to go like um, Lee and Bill, you might sort of, you know, in his first season, I think when you were in the championships, uh, Ruben Neves obviously was the big one there. Um, yeah. But would you sort of say, you know, all his buys, as, as like, you know, anecdotally for the Wolves fans, do they sort of think he's been great in the transfer market? Obviously, Neves was unbelievable. But would you sort of say every big transfer, because he spent a lot of money has been good, would you say? More than not, yeah. But how much of that to do is to do with Mendes, we don't know. Uh, he obviously got a big say in that club. But uh, we, like, again, we've been fortunate. We buy, we tend to buy loan for a season and then buy at the end of the season. Uh, and obviously we buy Portuguese 90% of the time as well. But 300 million, that surprised me. I thought yeah, possibly yeah. near a 180, 190, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking Johnny Otto, Adam Tri- Adama Traore, you know, they're both 18, 19 million. Uh, Rui Patricio, 16 million. I, I mean, I mean, like, relative to, like, normal championship spending, I know they, I know Wolves spent quite a bit, and then I think the season's into the Prem. I don't, I don't know if it was quite quite as much as, as you're quoting but you know they were they were well backed and it, it is such an interesting point with, there were a lot of players it is such an interesting yeah, it's, it's just a point with George Mendes because he's I mean he's still Nuno's agent he's Bruno Lager's agent I think as well he was also Jose's agent um, and Matt Doherty as well so he's, he seems to be floating around all yeah, over I mean, the place I'm, I'm, but like but I just yeah I, w- I wonder if he really if he's going to still you know have a lot of control over the over the transfers at Spurs because that's something I can't see I can't see continuing considering we've got that we've got this Fabio Paratici now and yeah. Daniel Levy is always wanting to be slightly involved as well. So I just can't I can't see Mendes wielding that kind of influence still. Yeah. Is Paratici Portuguese? No, he's Italian. So yeah. are we going to necessarily go down that Portuguese route? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just looking at some other transfers um, guys like Jimenez. Obviously, was a great buy. Pudence, you know, seventeen and a half million. So my my point is. Um, Lee and Bill, you know, he's not afraid to spend money, is he? And did you sort of, did you sort of trust him with his buys, or did you? Was there any real turkeys he's bought? I, I mean, I think the, the the biggest bit of that sum of the three hundred million comes from obviously this season just gone, where we brought in Fabio Silva, which is they'll probably have it down as forty million, and then and then Nelson Semedo as well, who was 35, 40 million, same again, and. 
think they're two that fans would definitely pick out as players who really didn't do what we expected. I mean, if you look at Doherty's season and then Samedo's season with Wolves, you would pick Doherty every day. And then obviously Fabio, he wasn't brought in to, to start every game this season, but because of the head injury to him, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, um, how much did you guys get for Jota? How much did you sell him for? About 40 million, wasn't it? So yeah, probably so 50 million, yeah. So they would have, I mean, a little bit of recruitment. 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 In fact, what we spent last season, I think we recruited back. Yeah. So, but do you, do, you, do you think, Lee, do you think he's good at managing talent? Like, so, say, for example, he comes, no disrespect, you know, no, you know, I love Wolves, you know, obviously because you love them, so I've known you a long time, but do you think, like, managing, like, say these arrogant, a few arrogant players at Spurs maybe, which he didn't have at Wolves, do you think he's going to be good at managing that talent? This would be my concern, because like I say, he tends to buy players and he tends to buy young. So basically, not saying they're fearful of him, but he likes to put his impetus into them, rather than, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I, I think he's a good coach, but I think this will be the main test for him, teaching, you know, uh, more experienced, top-class professionals. Uh they may learn something from him, you don't know. But I think that's going to be his biggest hurdle at Tottenham, is dealing with the bigger stars. But the, the really good players, the ones who are genuinely good players, have, have worked under him. A, a, a good footballer should perform under any manager. I mean, Jimenez, Jota, um, Traore for a little bit, I suppose. You know, these guys were firing. Like, Traore, um, not Traore, sorry, um, Jota went to Liverpool afterwards and he's, you know, he hit the ground running and Jimenez up until his injury is brilliant. I think it's just... I think mean, recently you brought in Daniel Pedence, didn't you? And he's kind yeah. of flattered to deceive a little bit. But, I mean, you're going in and assuming he's working with Harry Kane and Hung-Min Son. I mean, he's going to get a tune out of them because they're class players. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it's a, you know, maybe if the player's good enough, he'll, he'll be able to motivate them. Yeah. I don't really have too much doubt about that. Um, I, just, I just want to go to the Spurs fans. Um, Peter, do you sort of see any similarities in, in this appointment when Pochettino got appointed for us? Yeah, in the sense that uh, done a good job at another club and is brought in on his sort of potential. It's kind of like almost like a, I'm going to use that word, project manager mm. type thing, you know, whereas um, Jose was more of a guy to come in and try and kind of win us something, you know. But I think the fact that he's only been given a two-year deal yeah. tells me that He's going to have to hit the ground at at least a brisk walking pace, <laughs> if not running, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to actually um, see out those two years. Yeah, yeah, that's, sure. that's, yeah. that's interesting. Really interesting. Um, I just sort of want to sort of move on a little bit to um, the structure at Wolves, guys. So, Bill, like the structure, obviously Spurs now have employed a, a sporting director or a technical director. What was the structure at Wolves, Bill? Very similar, wasn't it? Yeah, very similar. Uh, Kevin Farewell, he was more like the, the sporting director at Wolves. They did have someone, when Fossum first took over, they had a football director. Uh, the first season Fossum were there, everything went tits up, basically. Uh, but then when Nuno came in, I say Farewell was in the background, but like I say, I think Mendes had a big say on what was going on as regards player recruitment, uh, rather than a football director himself. As Wolves fans... Are you scared of Nuno going to plunder uh, some old players? And what are the two players you're scared of? Um, well, going on, being on Twitter every day, it seems as if you've been linked with our entire squad, <laughs> essentially. I mean, Mourinho himself took... Actually, Bill, we'll, we'll come on about transfer rumours later, which we want you guys to, to join us with as well. But what, 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 what are you sort of reading on Twitter then? And what and what what person are you? What two couple of players are you scared of that he'll take? I mean, the biggest biggest thing I'm seeing at the moment is Pedence and Bolly both going to Tottenham. Bolly would worry me. Pedence, as you sort of read, he hasn't he wasn't as good as he probably could have been at Wolves. But I think if you were to manage, if you manage to take either Neto or or Ruben Neves, they're they're, they're the two star boys as such in in our team. I think. Never, never fit in in any in any team. He really would. So, I think he's linked with Arsenal as well. But he would be the one for me. I like Willie Bolly. I think he'd be a good. Oh, yeah, probably a, good probably a big mainstay. Yeah, I think it. Uh, at him and his not had suffered his head injury. I think he would have been the ideal replacement for Kane. To be honest, 
similar sort of player. You know, not just a striker can create as well. Yeah, yeah. It would be an ideal replacement, but obviously things have been put back on that. Yeah, and what, what's what's just just as a little side thing? What's what's the sort of uh, when's he coming back? Is he coming back? Yeah, he's. We have a pre-season friendly tomorrow, and apparently he's rumored to get his first minutes back there. Um, the only, well, we'll see how it affects him in the game, but he has to wear a head guard, not like a not like Petr Cech or stuff, just more like a headband that's very thick. Okay. So we'll see how that affects him. Hopefully, he'll come back the same player because I think he was very likable as well by everyone. Yeah. He was number, just a very good number nine. Um, so hopefully he comes back the same, but I suppose we won't know until the season goes. But he is ready to go. Guys, I really appreciate that. It's really, really useful. Um, because we, you know, for me, I don't really know too much about Nuno. So it's been really insightful for us as yeah. Spurs fans. Um, but we'd like you guys to stay on the on the programme if you uh, if you can. Obviously our first... Uh, yeah. en- first enemy fans on the on the podcast it's been brilliant so but um, feel free we're going to let you uh, come in and uh, join in on the other bits but first of all we're going to talk about our new guy our new director of football uh, Fabi- Fabio Parici um, is this a genuine case of here we go again or is there a genuine cause for optimism with a sporting director Peter how do you feel about the sporting director structure well, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of, like, juries out, really. Um, recruiting has been, like, a weak area, I think we'll all agree, mm. with Spurs. Um, think about the bail, Gareth Bale money, um, with the exception of maybe Ericsson, Nasser Chadley. Lamella. was pretty... Lamella, for me, uh, he didn't own the shirt. Over eight years? I don't know. Oh, I've not really... He'd never owned that shirt over eight years. No, never. Uh, never been. So I think 50-50 on him. I think Chad Lee and Ericsson for me, the only good thing to come out of that. So um, this guy, you know, he's got to come in and prove that he can be better than the other guy. Um, Good CV though, Pete. Good CV, you know, you guy. He wouldn't have to do much to better the other guy. I mean... (laughs) And I think of someone like Camoli, he makes the last guy made Camoli look like a genius. Yeah. And Sim, being being a younger youngster, what do you sort of feel about the the sporting director, director of football role? Well, if he's good enough at his job, then I welcome it. I mean, his at the end of the day, his job is to watch. I imagine his job, his his remit is to watch all of European football to know what's going on in the Portuguese league, in the Finnish league, in the Spanish league, know who all the best players are, and know how to negotiate deals for them. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I mean, if he's, you know, if he's if he's good enough at his job, then I welcome it. But we've seen so many. Like, you use the phrase, uh, "Here we go again," and it's just had so many people in that role. We've had Frank Arneson, obviously, jump ship to Chelsea. Damien Camoli, who Peter mentioned just then. Yeah. Um, got, he went he, to Liverpool. He, uh, yeah, he went to Liverpool afterwards as well, yeah. and, he, and he had some gems as well. Like he signed Luis Suarez for Liverpool. He signed Luka Modric for us, so he's you know he's yeah. picking players, picking players up. But yeah. you know these aren't players that people didn't know about. There's they're players that were on the radar of European clubs, but at the time, maybe we just knew how to negotiate the deals well, or he knew how to do that. At Suarez, but yeah. I, I will give him a chance definitely. But yeah. if someone's going to be in charge of the recruitment and spending millions of pounds, you're going to have to. You know you can't you can't get you can't buy six players and have five of them not working because but, our, our team is our team's all over the place at the moment. But you but you not think for, for me working in a very corporate structure in my job? Yeah. You know we have a very corporate structure. I like the fact that there's like someone who the manager Nuno yeah. will sort of feed into yeah. rather than Daniel Levy, who's not a football man. So is so, that be positive? So, so is Nuno scouting the players or is and is he telling Paratici? Because that's the way it should be. It should be yeah. Nuno should know about again. He should yeah. know about football. He should know yeah. all the best players yeah. all over the place. So if he's feeding Paratici and going right, you go and negotiate the deals. And not that maybe that's part of the problem as well. We don't want Daniel Levy negotiating the deals because Daniel Levy <laughs> notoriously yeah. messes up, messes up, up messes up deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know maybe that's the way forward. Nuno, you know the, our Wolves guys will attest to it. Nuno knows a good player when he, when he sees one he's brought in some brilliant players or he's had some brilliant players brought into Wolves for him so if he can highlight the players and Paratici can get him for a decent deal then that's that's a working formula isn't it? So Lee what, what, what's your sort of thoughts on when Nuno is at Wolves with like the sporting director Kevin Thelwell what, what, what was your sort of understanding of the process there on, on player on player recruitment? Basically I mean it was like a 
you knew when a Kevin Farewell player had been scouted because he was English. That's how that's how we all used to say. Uh, anyone English coming was obviously down to Farewell. Anyone who's Portuguese, yeah. which was how it worked, was obviously down to Mendes. And was Mendes Conor, was Cody a Farewell signing? No, Cody was already there. Cody right. was already there. Yeah. So Cody was signed probably three or four years before, I reckon, before yeah. the project started. Uh, Nuno obviously turned him into a into a sweeper because uh, his career was at an end to be honest Cody's he, he wasn't good enough to play in the midfield and I think yeah. the season before Nuno came he, he spent that season at right back the yeah. first thing he'd done was put him centre half sweeper type so and he's excelled since then to be honest yeah do, do, do Tottenham because I mean Connor Cody didn't play a single minute for England at the Euros but he somehow managed to be at the forefront of every picture and every like you know, <laughs> after the games and stuff so like is is that a vital thing that Nuno leans on having, I mean, essentially maybe him on the pitch, but like someone like Cody, who's just clearly this infectious personality. Is that something that really helps Nuno? Do you think to to um, you know lift the team? I think so. He, do, he does like a voice on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and Cody was his voice basically. He was his leader. From so, what I mean, sorry, carry on. From, from what you're saying, yeah, you, you, know, you had leaders. I mean, obviously, Joe Martino's out there. You can't tell me Joe Martino with all the experience he's got. You can't tell me he wasn't dictating things out there as well. But mm. you know, Cody was the linchpin of things, and you know, uh, he just seemed to excel under Nuno. So, uh, from what you're saying, it seems like Nuno can improve a player. Uh, yeah, he's got that in. I think he can prove younger type players without egos. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like I say, I'd be interested to see how he works with Dali Ali. That'd be, I think that'd be a test for him. Uh, because I think Ali's hit and miss for me. Uh, Spurs players rave about it. Spurs fans rave about him. Uh, I'd like to see how Nuno deals with someone like him. Yeah, we rave about the Dali Ali from five years ago. <laughs> yeah. not, not this one. <laughs> it's, it's interesting uh, you say that, Lee, because I don't really think that us, us three around the table would never be raving about Dali Ali, Dali Ali apart from the Dali Ali. The, no, the Dali Ali who scored the goal at. Sellers part. That's yeah, the Deli yeah. Ali I read about. Yeah, but, but, but you're right. That, that that's a real barometer of Nuno for me. As about seeing, yeah. what do you think? Deli Ali's a barometer. Well, yeah, but I mean, he he fell off the boil. For I'm trying to think of a terrible oh, no, analogy now. Fell off the boil on the pot. Yeah. The pot that he fell off the boil fell on the floor yeah. under Mourinho. Like so, yeah. I mean, if it if Nuno can't he, pick him he up, started then, quite under Mourinho, didn't he? He started off okay under. I mean, I've got theory about him. Last season in particular, I think that the the lack of fans and the lack of intensity in the games just really didn't it's a great really point. didn't didn't Very help him point. at all. Yeah, really good point. Yeah, really. Uh, good I, point. I just feel that there's a player in the and, yeah. and I just think you don't just go from where he was to to nothing. I think that Mourinho has a lot to do with his decline. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I really think, uh, Sim, you're struggling with some analogies there. We, 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 need, some, we really need some Ian Holloway type analogies. Yeah. But I just sort of want to sort of go around the table and include you Wolves guys in. Um, so, Sim, can I sort of ask you about sporting director? Good, good, or good appointment for us? Yes or no? <laughs> if it keeps Daniel Levy out of the business, then yeah, I'm all for it. Well, I'll give this guy a chance. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, you couldn't ask for more experience. It's a guy who signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, to be fair. That's not pretty difficult. <laughs> no, if you just give him enough money. and yeah. uh, he just... But he's got a great CV, Sim. I, I, I get your point. Peter, a yes or no for a sporting yeah. director? Ditto. If it keeps, uh, hopefully keeps Levy out of the way yeah. and he has a football footballing man dealing with the football side of things Yeah. and he deals with the business side of things. Yeah. Um, I th- I, that's a great point. Bill, what's your thought, thoughts on a sporting director? Yeah, I mean, listening to what you guys say, I think, Levy staying out of the way as much as possible is is what is best for Tottenham. <laughs> so if this guy can do that and do the signings on his own, then that's that's probably what's best. Uh, Lee, what's your thoughts? Yeah, very much agree what everyone said. Uh, I mean, who had the final say on transfers? Surely it comes down to Levy. He's he's he's, he's the one with the cash, isn't he? Well, that big stumbling block. Yeah. Just, just, just for an extra couple of million, we could have got Grealish possibly. They didn't want to pay twenty-five million. Whatever, whatever happens, it's Daniel Levy who's clicking the buy now button on Amazon for signing <laughs> the players. So, yeah, Paratici can do whatever he wants, but he's not going to have the final sanction, is he? So. But on the flip side, uh, Daniel Levy did not sanction uh, Sadio Berrino, whatever he's called. Yeah, so that that's yeah. uh, he did a good one there. Um, but yeah, okay. So we all ran the table. We all think sporting directors a good thing for Spurs, and we just have to wait and see. 
Um, okay, guys, so I just want to go into like our next topic, the football rumour mill. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm pretty much obsessed with this football rumour mill because it's a load of rubbish. I think people, Billy, you mentioned earlier about, you know, you've been on Twitter a lot. You know, everyone has a voice on Twitter. I'm just going to give you a little example of something I saw on a, a Spurs forum a couple of days ago. Someone posted, Tammy Abrahams and uh, N'Golo Kante swap for Harry Kane. You heard it here first. Would be a great deal. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, would Conte come to Spurs? You no. know, it's crazy. But my point is, transfer rumours. Sim, you obviously work in the business, you're in the media. What's your sort of thoughts on all these transfer rumours? And, you know, what's, what, it's just staggeringly inaccurate. And what can Spurs fans do about this? I mean, I heard some ridiculous things. Does it annoy you, Sim? Well, what I've learned is that there's certain people that you can trust a bit. There's certain journalists that you would take seriously. And there's certain publications and journalists that you would never, you know, it's just... It's just speculation at a, at a poor time right now where nothing's going on. The Euros have just finished and there's no... You know, there, there wasn't that many transfer rumours, I don't think, during the Euros. Um, all of a sudden, nothing to talk about, no football to, to report on. Yeah. And these ridiculous things start start coming up. So I, I, it's, there's just certain people that you can believe and certain ones that are just... It's just speculation. It's as good as someone, any user on Twitter, just tapping something out but the worst thing is though for, and um, I, I find that you sort of hear all these sort of rumours and everything and suddenly you'll hear someone say on a forum we haven't signed anyone yet what's happening you know oh I heard this mm. from a it's crazy it's like a circus isn't it Peter like obviously we're a bit older Peter yeah. what's your sort of thoughts yeah, on this sort like, of, uh, I mean, do, do you bother taking any notice well you know you, you kind of like I get these Twitter things sort of popping up on my phone and I'm just thinking and then it, it sort of and it kind of fuels your, I don't know, your curiosity and it says, oh, Kane has now um, joined a, a golf club near Chelsea's Cobham <laughs> training ground, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it, on a slow news day, people can just dream <laughs> stuff up, can't yeah. they? I mean, it's like, I think I heard somebody say, a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth can put its trousers on. I love that. And, uh, that, yeah, I love so that. basically, <laughs> yeah. what's people yeah. can just sort of um, Perpe- up stuff. perpetuate a rumor. Bill, do you sort of take them with a pinch of salt, or is it just you're just going through the motions reading it? I mean, with some, it's some are more believable. I mean, any Wolves player going to Tottenham at this point is, I think, is believable. So seeing Pedence and Bolly, for example, going to going to Spurs wouldn't surprise me. But then, I mean. Without naming names, there's a few odd characters on Wolves' social media. Um, one the other day mentioned apparently Coutinho was spotted at a hotel in Wolverhampton. And if, <laughs> the, uh, and if you check the betting sites now and check who Coutinho is most likely to sign for, it is Wolves by a mile. So what it is is like a tenuous thing that can't know. Yeah, whether it's someone joining a golf club or staying in a hotel. Or the fact that we Having now lunch with someone. <laughs> or the fact that we now have <laughs> the fact that we now have Tottenham now have the former Wolves manager. It's just any kind of tenuous link, and that's where they'll that's where they'll come from. I think. But, but Sim, you work, you work, you know, obviously you where you work, you must yeah. hear a lot of stuff. What, what, do you sort of take as a pinch of salt, but, or do they not really talk about the rumours? Uh, we, I mean, we've got a few reporters. Like we've got a guy called Alex Al- Crook. We've got Alex Crook, who's actually. Yeah. Like he he doesn't well respected. He, yeah, he doesn't talk rubbish about things that he doesn't know. He's yeah. got contacts at Man United. He's got contacts at the South the South Coast clubs, Southampton, yeah. Brighton, yeah. Bournemouth, and he's normally on the money when it comes with them because he actually talks to to decent people. I know yeah. that the guys on Sky, Carve Solico yeah, and yeah. Dharma Chef get a lot of stick, but yeah. I mean they were talking about Jaden Sancho to Man United last summer. It yeah. didn't happen, but yeah. you know the 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 reports of why it didn't happen seem quite believable, and then. It's happened. It, it's happened this summer. So yeah. I think just see, yeah, like, like I said, this with maybe the tabloid papers. If you see, if I see like a rumor or a clickbait thing on the Sun or the Daily Mirror or something like that, I won't believe it. But yeah. you know, there, there's certain there's certain people who are actually connected yeah. in in the media. Remember, Potch is going to Manchester United because he's gone for lunch with Fergie. Yeah, and his assistant. You know, oh God. And Peter, you're, you're obviously you're uh, slightly older, like myself. What would be like the most incredible transfer rumor you've ever heard, or the most like far out there one? 
I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a far out thing. Oh, wait, what one that actually happened to me? Well, just just the most random thing. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I thought. Well, Clinton coming back to yeah. Spurs. I mean, it was a rumor to come back and bail us out and save us from relegation. And he did. Yeah. And it actually happened. You know. So. Yeah. But you I didn't, made, you didn't made, think you it made, would ever happen. You know, so. But but the Klinsman thing was incredible. You know, yeah. um, and Bill and Sim. Obviously, you're a bit younger, but you know, I remember like the um, coming home on the train from work, and suddenly you picked up the Evening Standard and <laughs> you saw Alan Sugar on the back of a yacht with Jurgen Klinsman, and he's signed. Yeah. You don't hear any of the sort of clickbait rumours. You know, it really was as black and white as that. You know, you might have seen a little bit of Lee. Obviously, you're older as well. A little bit of C facts, but. But yeah. Peter, like those sort of days are gone now, aren't they? There's, there's such a rumour mill. And do you think it creates, Sim, do you think it creates like a little bit of apathy amongst the fans? Because they think, oh, there's a rumour there, but we haven't signed anyone. Well, my, my the way I look at it is until you see someone, you know, holding the scarf or signing the paper yeah. and it's confirmed by the club, I'll never buy into it. I mean, you mentioned Gareth Bale. I don't know if you actually mentioned him, but you mentioned the word bail out and it yeah. sort of drew my mind to that. And our, our friend of the podcast, who was on the last one, Lowell Hammond, for probably about three years, he's gone, Bale's coming back this summer, Bale's coming back this summer. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, every time I was like, it's not going to happen, it's rubbish. He's yeah. on 600 grand a week. And then yeah. last summer, amazingly, it actually did happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a different story it's about like, what's like, going to happen with him. But like, that, that's one I thought was impossible, and that actually happened. Paolo Darbala. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot. And, and Lee and Bill, I don't know if you sort of, like, I know your brother Scott supports Spurs, but you know, there's lots of rumours about Darbala coming for Spurs. For us three round the table, that was never going to happen, was it? Yeah. Or do you think it was going to happen, Pete? Was it, did it break down over image rights or something? I don't know what. Yeah, you know, I don't know, but it, it felt like, uh, were they trying to sell us season tickets? You maybe. Know, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a bit dubious. But um, I just sort of want to uh, go back to sort of like, you know, we talked about like, the Klinsman thing. Um, Lee, Pete and me, I was a really old, like... You know, a transfer which was did shock the world one morning. I remember waking up um, at the breakfast table. My dad brought the Sun newspaper in, you know, <laughs> being, being delivered. Suddenly on the back of the thing, Ricky and Ozzy had signed for Spurs. Yeah, you know, I remember no, that. I mean, that we was were, like... We were pioneers, though. That was... Yeah, that's, just, yeah. that's incredible. Like, and, and Bill and like, you know, Sim, you don't sort of get that shock thing where you open your mouth and think, Jesus Christ, that left two of signed do for you, us. Do you, remember when, do you remember in about 2011 when... Um, not, when David Beckham was trading with Tottenham. Yes. And it was circulating that he was going to sign. Yeah. And that was... And I, I was really... I thought that was actually going to... That might actually happen because, you know, he was... He was there was a picture of him on the training pitch in the, like a winter's day with the Tottenham blue... Yeah, there was, ...blue yeah. tracksuit and the blue Tottenham hat. And I yeah. thought, you know what? David Beckham, our next team was Man United. I think this... Yeah. You know, I think this could, could, could really could really lift us. Yeah. And it gets the juices flowing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. When you see something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lee, what has been the most um, incredible transfer rumour you've ever heard? Through Wolves, you mean? Yeah. Just, I think the biggest... Well, we get rumours all the time. I mean, the last couple of years, probably more than not. I mean, we, we, we've been linked with Ronaldo, obviously. The Portuguese link again. It's just, you know... I, I quite I quite enjoy it. I think it, it gives you a buzz. And you're like, you know, like you're in, you know, you see facts, you know, uh, you go out and buy the Sun newspaper and you look at the transfer gossips and something like that. It does give you a bit of a buzz and it gives you something to talk about. Obviously, some are more realistic than not, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of work goes into dealing with transfers. So a lot of them, you know, just get blown under the table, basically. But, but I mean... That's what you said, Ian. I mean, Ricky Vera and Ozzy Ardiles, I actually went to the Chesant training ground, their first training session. Uh, obviously, I was born in Tottenham. We was living with my nan at the time. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my aunt took me there to see him at the training ground, so I remember that very well. It was uh, quite a, quite an occasion there, getting their autograph and everything like that. But Amazing. You, you guys had a Ricky and Aussie moment, because Ruben Nevers had played in the Champions League for Porto. I think he'd even captained them at the age of 18 yeah. to 20, and suddenly he, you know, he rolls up at Wolves in the Championship. I mean, that's basically like an Aussie and Ricky moment, isn't it? Yeah. That was, I mean, I must admit, going on them lines, I remember being, I was actually on holiday in Portugal, and I think it was our, our first season of the Premiership, watching the news like you do in the room, having a few gin and, t- gin and tonics, and not understanding what they're talking about, but I remember it coming up, suddenly we signed Rui Patricio, uh, and then Joe Martino. For me, yeah. they were, that was a statement of intent for us, yeah. uh, the club, to say, like, you know, we're back in the big time, you know, to, to, to pick them, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they were world class, uh, and you know they were big signs for us, and that was you know where we was going. Lee, the time to be sceptical, I suppose, is if you read that uh, Billy Wright is coming back to captain <laughs> to captain Wolves. Again. <laughs> yeah, 
Or Steve Ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I didn't even know it was just going to be about uh, transfer rumours. I thought it just meant football rumours in general because I had a few. I had a few others written oh, down. Go on, go on, um, I mean, my, I mean, remember the 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 reason why Wilfred Zaha never got in Man United was because of he was having it away apparently with David Moyes' daughter. Oh, yeah. Which was just Did totally, you? totally yeah. fabricated yeah. To, to, to everything that Zaha said since. I think he did a podcast about a year ago yeah. and said it was just rubbish. Yeah. Somebody just fabricated, you kind of fabricated want, you, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that raises questions about, you know, the press at the time and stuff and social media at the time. Yeah. But, I well, mean, that's just it, one, one in particular. What was that time, that time with Peter Odenwingy, uh, QBR, Harry Redknapp? team does he ahead of Sissoko so that's why I'm just kind of trying to does he not I'm a big Sissoko fan I'm a big Sissoko fan I'm a big Sissoko fan but I just you know I feel like I feel like me included we're getting carried away about Ndombele and I don't really oh don't don't Ricky don't don't you can always rely on me to be glass half empty right Peter I'm looking at you Things uh, good as long as Poch stays were your words at the time. So how do you assess those comments now? Well, uh, I just think it's uh, bad decisions by the owners. 
a failure to back the manager at pivotal moments in 2016-2017 to refresh and revitalise the squad. It's where we went wrong. 50 players have left and won trophies elsewhere. Wow. Um, Trippiest season at Atletico rams on the point. You can't build anything if people leave at their peak. And why not get them to peak with us? We're not going to win anything until that happens. Great points. Rant over. Rant over. But I, I mean, Ian, like at that time when we didn't hear your voice just then, but you know, thinking back to how you felt in 2019, well, we where, just, where did you think we were going? Did we you just, think we were on the way up or were we clearly on the downslide even though we were in the Champions League final? I think we just come up with a Champions League final, which we were sort of lucky to get to. Very I, lucky. I, I actually felt we were on the downward trajectory before then. Yep, I agree. But I just think, you know, we, investment, we talk a lot over two years. So Lee and Bill, we talk pretty much a lot about the club not investing in players. Yes, we've got a wonderful stadium, a wonderful training ground, but we need investment on the pitch. But we bought in Dombele that summer. And no, I mean, you, I mean, Ricky, Ricky was, was done earlier. Yeah, Ricky failed to back the manager at a pivotal point. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's, that's where it all goes back to, I think. But I mean, and Dombele, how excited were we at the time? You heard Ricky; he was not very, you know, he was a bit sceptical about it. But we were, we, we thought this guy was the guy, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I just think it's a bit of a false dawn. I just think you know, you could buy one player, but you know, it's not when you press in football. One, one might go, but you might need two or three to go and press the ball. Yeah, yeah we bought one player. It's like you know. And he worryingly is wearing gloves and a hat in July in tra- training. That, be, worries, that worries me. To be fair, Lee will back it up. I wore, <laughs> I wore gloves a lot, a lot during my football career. But not in July. It, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard yeah. that. I've got cold hands. You know. But do you know what? I, I, just, I just think we were going backwards at that Champions League final. And possibly if we would have won it, I still don't think Daniel Lee would have invested. It's like a, I don't know, Sim... It's the same old story. Two years later, we're down the line here mm. and we're talking the same thing. Investment, lack of investment on the pitch. Yeah, Sim, but it could, have been, uh, it could have been 12 years previous to that and we'd, still be, we'd still be talking about that. We've gone back over the seasons, haven't we? And it's the yeah. same thing keeps coming up. It yeah. is the same thing. Uh, but I just want to throw it out to you because this is our two-year anniversary and obviously we're cracking open the champagne here, you know, and uh, <laughs> live, living our best lives. But I just sort of want to go to Peter. Like, we've had some great guests on the show you know, who would you say would have been our best ever guest on the show? I loved uh, Anthony Costa. Anthony well, Costa. Nice answer. That was a really good one. Yeah, that, was that really was a, good. yeah, really particularly enjoyed that one. So, Lee, that's your favourite band, Blue. Remember, Anthony Costa? I like them, actually. You may yeah. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually, I do quite love Yes, yeah, so we had Anthony Costa on. There was a musical a, banter going on. So he was a great really guest, wasn't he, yeah, Peter? Yeah. yeah. During, yeah. The lock, during the lockdown as well, so it lifted my spirits. Yeah, he was a great guy. Um, and interestingly, uh, Lee and Bill, uh, Peter's like a, a songwriter and he actually sent Blue a song when he was uh, younger, but they sort of rejected it. So it was brilliant. He pulled Anthony Costa up on it. So that was real yeah. fun. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, uh, Sim, who would you say has been your favourite guest? I really enjoyed having Eric Edmund, actually, yeah. the, the former Sweden left back, just because, I mean, you're talking to a guy who played against, you know, played against Beckham in a tournament, played against Zidane. Played in, a, in a tournament, I think. played with Zlatan, and I thought that was just unbelievable. It was great to get into, you know, get into his career. Yeah. Um, you know, not withstanding that goal he scored against Liverpool as well. But there was yeah. so much more that we managed to 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 touch on and you know get into get into yeah. the detail of rather than just focusing on that goal. He was an incredible really. guest, Eric Edmund, because great, we because yeah. we purposely tried to shy away from just that goal. He had so much more to him, didn't he? Playing for insight into you know, from trained with Ch- trained with Chelsea in about two thousand, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, when he was like a kid in in Sweden or a kid's on yeah. on loan in Italy or something, but he was That's training crazy. with Viali and and that, yeah. and no one no one knew that yeah. that'd be a world exclusive. Yeah, if anyone incredible. cared about Eric Edmund uh, on like a global scale, which I sadly I, they probably don't, but. I, I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, Mickey Hazard um, oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas one we did with him. He was fantastic. You know, great right. insight. Great guy, Mickey Hazard. Um, but I think my my favourite guest would be Steve Slade. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's you can't forget that as well. So Bill and Lee, I don't know if you remember Steve Slade played for Spurs. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think Bill would. But Lee, do you remember him? He's a youngster. Him? Did he go? Did he play for QPR as well? He did. I'm not yeah. Same player. He did. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Exactly the same player. So we had yeah. him on the podcast, and he was yeah. telling us a story about how he tried to punch David Beckham on the England Under Twenty One team coach, and accidentally and... punched Dave Sexton yeah. when Beckham ducked. <laughs> yeah, he went from 
burgers to boiled chicken, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it was, it was, I mean, Steve Slade. For listeners, I, I cannot recommend to go back to one of our podcasts, the Steve Slade podcast. Oh, it's, very, it's, very, it's the most very incredible. Amazing. You know, trying to punch David Beckham in the face. You know, because he, he ducked. Yeah, he ducked. And he he had the coach, yeah. Saying, saying Teddy, he didn't like Teddy Sheringham because Teddy Sheringham wasn't very good. And you know, yeah. I mean, Steve. Played, oh, I mean, we were watching. We were watching the Terry Venables documentary the other day. And I saw like highlights from England beating Holland four one Euro ninety six, and like Sheringham was did that assist for for Shearer, yeah. and I just had Steve Slade's ears um, words ringing in my ears. I'm like, ah, he's really selfish. Yeah. It's like, he's rubbish as well. Rubbish, yeah. selfish, it re- greedy. It re- not very, not very nice. It was a very engaging podcast. It was very a really funny. engaging podcast. But we've had two years, listeners, so we really appreciate any all the support we've had from you guys. You know, we've done about eighty podcasts. Sim, is that right? We've done, yeah, something like that. Eighty so. podcasts, and you know, we we love doing it. You know, yes, we drink a few beers while doing it, but you know, we have some great guests. You know, it's real fun for us, and yes. hopefully, you listeners have really enjoyed um, listening to it. But. To wrap this one up, um, Bill and Lee, have you enjoyed being on a Spurs podcast? Brilliant. Yeah, very really appreciate it. Yeah, good, good, good to have you on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, brilliant, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, Sim, um, been great to see you guys. And Pete, great to see you. Have a good week off. Yeah, we're going down to the summer, sunny Somerset. Lucky you. Lucky you. Living the dream. Living the dream. Anyway, listeners, it's been great. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, possibly have a podcast the next few weeks uh, as we get near pre-season. Again, keep spreading the word at YE1 Spurs. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys.